they refer to him as two coats, <laughs> which, okay, like. That's a good name. It's a great name. All right. If like his if, name was Tony instead of Tom. Yeah. It would have been better. Like if you Tony get to, two if coats. anyone has spent any, like any amount of time in a urban area in the Southeast, you're going <laughs> to hear a nickname like that. <laughs> yeah. Like, so I, like I would reading through it as like two coats and I was like, mm, chef's kiss. Like, <laughs> nailed it. That's perfect. Welcome to Casuals of Runeterra, episode 26. I'm your host, Ryan, here with your other host, Hetch. What is good, everybody? Another one. Another one. Another one. I'm going to go ahead and say, if you haven't listened to our you know, 25th episode, the KDA episode, it was good fun. Go check it out. Uh, it's a little divergent, but we, we had a good time. I, I'm a degenerate, so I had a blast with it. <laughs> Let's do it again. <laughs> I know. Housekeeping up top. As always, listen to us anywhere. Follow us on Twitter. That's where you keep it up to date on episodes. The easiest is at Podcore or at Podcore at Podcast Core. That's C O R. And you can send an email to the same name, the correct one, which is podcastcore <laughs> at gmail.com. And then leave a like, follow, and a short review and tell a friend to grab some gumbo, cut a handful of crowd ads, and listen to the Casuals Rune Terror podcast. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the sound. Uh, state of the game. I didn't play much. And not only did I not play, play much, I didn't play any constructive. I played uh, some some expedition. Just had some fun okay. uh, here and there. Because like, usually when I don't have much time, I just hop in there. Especially with the event going on, uh, I wanted to you know dip, dip my toes into some different things and try to... You know, you have a better chance of knocking off your quest when you're doing expeditions versus if you're playing a specific deck, right? Right. Yeah. And but what are you playing? I... Okay, so... <laughs> the one I've been playing a bunch of really dumb things uh, and obviously playing a, a lot with the uh, old, KDA cards. Um, the one <laughs> business that, as usual. <laughs> business as usual. Um, the one that I've been playing around with the most right now is some good old Vladimir. Um, nice. But I am uh, playing around with a deck that is, um, is Vladimir and Braum that uses the uh, the arena from noxus which is one of the new landmark cards yeah um and especially when if i get the board state to be the arena and a flipped vladimir that is so satisfying because then it's just a kill spell and vladimir heals himself it's it's it feels good feels like value it feels right but i'm bad at building decks so i i'm not (laughs) saying that i'm just covered in success here. I just, uh, it's what I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> so let's hop straight into it. Of uh, the Bayou Bash. Um, Bayou Bash, Tim Kench, he did it. And once again, this just reinforces, you know, we don't want our head to get too big, but Hetch and I have said a couple of things on this uh, podcast. <laughs> the Kench! <laughs> We've made a couple of demands, and it seems like Riot's listening. We're not sure if they're actually listening, but hey, correlation versus causation, brother. 
I don't that, know. You tell right, me. Not only is not you know not only uh, you know my trolling aside, but uh, we got ourselves a nice little you know kind of mini patch coming in. Yeah. Uh, what what cards were affected in that patch, Brian? <laughs> What what cards? I know one started with an H. With an uh, another H, another one started said. with a B. With a B, and it rhymes with Gaston. <laughs> so so uh, so Hashton and Bush. So Hashton and Bush. <laughs> that should have been the name of the episode. Because <laughs> no one would know what we're talking about, right? Hashton uh, and Bush. <laughs> I know. Yeah, that patch is a listen. I'm just saying we're getting it right. So just keep that in mind. If you're not listening, your friends aren't listening, you're missing out. And I don't know how you would hear that message, considering you would have to be listening. But we're going to move on. So we're going to start with the spell here, which is Shakedown. And I chose this one purely because of flavor. This one's just pure flavor. So let's just talk about the environment real quick of uh, Tim Kench. It's definitely a New Orleans vibe, a down south, you know, crawdad, shrimp, gumbo, that kind of thing. Nolans. Nolans. So you'll see that, that flavor here. It was Shakedown, the quote immediately got me. So uh, before I even talk about the card, the quote says, you gonna tell me where you got those extra keg slim, huh? Otherwise, we could play a little tug of war between your tongue and Jimbo's arm. And buddy, I ain't betting on you. <laughs> and the guy's name is Wise Fry. Like, come on, man. It's <laughs> pure flavor. <laughs> some some would even say that's some pure Cajun flavor. <laughs> Louisiana fast. <laughs> now I want some Popeyes, man. Anyways, oh my god. <laughs> For you non-Western listeners out there. <laughs> but yeah, so the, the cool thing about this card, though, it is a one-cost burst spell that says deal two to an ally to grant two enemies vulnerable. Um, vulnerable, obviously, one of the newer keywords that came out with Bilgewater. And the the cool thing about this one is because of its low cost and the fact that it's a burst spell, it gives you a lot of lines of play. Um, to do creative things, right? It opens up a world of hurt to your opponent, and it's hard to play around when you have many lines like that. So if you can use it effectively, it's still a good card. I haven't seen it uh, much at all yet, so we'll see. But I, I like it for the flavor, but it also has some has some neat neat tricks yeah. there. Um, well, the most that I've seen it has actually been very recently, and it was the last um, or the last few streams from the Twitch Rivals. Because um, uh, Swim at Twitch Rivals took a Tom Kinch Soraka list where that ran Shakedown in it, and yeah. um, obviously Swim is so much better at this game than I am. It's a little depressing. <laughs> well, um, let's not go but, too far. <laughs> but <laughs> yes, uh, you know, he does talk about like how it's like he would be in a matchup where like they're both of them are trying to be reactive and it's yeah. so much easier for him to just be like, I'm damaging my units, which I want to do anyway. You have to deal with two units that have vulnerable now, and I only spent one mana, and now you have to answer. <laughs> yeah. Like it's like the the card like gameplay wise is very flexible, despite it being something that hurts your own units. Yeah, and speaking of hurting your own units, this is kind of a theme here, uh, which is the follower I chose also for flavor, old Babs, uh, Fortune Croaker. Which is, I guess, a play on fortune cookie. I'm, I'm guessing that's where they were going with that. Uh, but old Babs is a two cost two three with deal one to me on the play, 
and an ally to draw one. Uh, once again, low-costed, decent stat line, gives you a lot of playability and also a card. <laughs> so you can do things here to you know trigger abilities, which there's a lot of abilities that trigger on damage uh, here. Um, you can do it to kill off things to trigger you know kill mechanics as well. There's it's it's just has a lot of flexibility there. Wouldn't it be something I would see played in a aggro deck. This more fits into combat trick or not combat tricks, but it fits into mid to late game type play around stuff to get the ball rolling on different effects outside yeah, of her. She's definitely, more of a, definitely yeah, more she's, of a she's a catalyst card uh, to make other things happen. Yeah, and like the flavor on it is perfect because like if you look at the art of this card and you Terrifying. think of anything other than some voodoo from the bayou, <laughs> then you – if you think of anything different, just tell me what it is because I think you're insane. Like it's, this, is, this is some good old voodoo magic, baby. Exactly. And I put this here as a warm-up for the true ter terrifying thing. She's like – she's the early – she's like, hey, here's a little taste and now we're going to show you true terror, here's a taste. Uh, which is Tam Kench. Uh, the Kench has been unbenched. <laughs> Woo! Love it. All right. So um, if it hasn't been clear yet, uh, we're going to be talking about Tom Kench. <laughs> so, uh, Tom, Tom Kench is Tom Kench is definitely a, a very interesting as far as looking at from a lore perspective because he's one of the few champions that when we look into – what Tom Kinch is, there's not a clear answer. Yeah. Um, it's not ne not necessarily like uh, unlike Freljord, where you have Anivia. We know that Anivia is the guardian spirit of Freljord. Like there is a definite answer. Where Tom Kinch has been around, maybe just as long. We don't know, but we also don't know if he is a spirit that is part of the land or not. What we do know is that Tom Kinch has been living in the waters of Valoran for a very, very long time. And the only connections that we have to events happening in Tom Kinch is that people get led astray. There's stories all across from every which region that involve people who are becoming consumed by greed and they get a demonic presence in front of them that kind of just eggs them on. And one of like one of the earliest stories being a man who was basically honest Abe for any American listener out there. <laughs> um, but he was a man that could tell no lie. He was yeah. a very honest man. And but he, even though he was honest, he was very forthcoming about how he wanted the nicer and finer things in life and the presence appears before him and says hey i can get you into these nice parties we can we i can take it down nolens into mardi gras but all it's going to take from you is um go over to your brother and you tell him and you tell him one lie and it starts off with one fib the man lies to him and then while traveling on a raft down the serpentine, a fork <laughs> appears. The presence goes, hey, head that way. And then he heads into a nice – into party town. Yeah. And then that continues and he tells more lies until at the end of it he's now the man who can only tell a lie. Yeah. And then he's stranded at sea with no one else around him. 
And these are the kinds of legends that build yeah. the story of Tom Kinch. And he has many different names. He has the name of Tom Kinch from the Serpentine people, which would be the people that Twisted Fate, um, the nomadic mm -hmm. tribes that Twisted Fate originated from. Uh, the people of Bilgewater also refer to him as that. And they know him as someone that will appear at any gambling hall. And wherever there is greed, Tom Kinch would appear. And then you also have... Like these waterways connect through all of Valoran, so they're even names for him in the cities of Piltover and Zaun, where they refer to him as Two Coats, <laughs> which, okay, like that's a good name. It's a great name. All right, if like, his if, name was Tony instead of Tom. Yeah, it would have been better. Like if you Tony get to, two if coats. anyone has spent any like any amount of time in a urban area in the southeast, you're gonna <laughs> hear a nickname like that. <laughs> Yeah. Like, so I like I would reading through it as like two coats and I was like mm, chef's kiss like <laughs> nailed it that's perfect um, but like and when we're talking about like the tale of two coats that's the first time in his lore that we really get to like hear about like a physical presence instead of like a lot of the older lore is more like a demonic kind of yeah. appearance and the but two coats is that this giant cash fish that's so large that he has to wear two coats sewn together and <laughs> there's there are tales of him where there's a piltover inventor that is trying to make his big break yeah and tom kinch goes all right i can help you with your break all i need is a lock of your hair and then this continues on because he's making better inventions but can't get to the big one can't yeah. finish it out and then ends up losing their hair and then a couple fingers and then a couple toes and yeah. then an ear until the legend has it that the inventor calls up tom kench and says please i can't do this anymore tom kench says all right we'll put an end to your greed and um nom <laughs> eats the inventor whole and yeah. well despite like having all these stories like this is all kind of things where like this is looking into lore which, which is a lot of fun like this is stuff that's steeped in lore because all of this is legends and stories from other people yeah and well it's like it's what is tom kinch no one knows and it gives you like that whole spooky feel this is yeah this it, is it lore steeped in lore it definitely gives us that nocturne feel right it's it's the concept of these things that like we know nocturne is more of an idea that gained a presence where this is more of oh well it's a presence that has become an idea right where tom kench is like people have said they've seen him people have said that they know what he looks like but his influence is so much greater than just an influence of a person, right? Mm -hmm. He almost like dwells on on weaknesses and then accentuates those weaknesses that are usually related to gain of some sort, yeah. wanting more of something. Yeah. Capitalizing uh, on greed. Yeah, capitalizing on greed. Uh, and it's cool because it's unsettling and his art is unsettling. Oh, very he unsettling. as a creature is unsettling and they lean into that. Yeah, um, and the while only maintaining an air of looniness, like Looney Tunis, kind of um, with that whole uh, New Orleans vibe, they play into it, that caricature. So it's, it's fun. Yeah. And the only like direct quote that I'm going to really take from the um, from the lore itself is uh, the 
towards the the end of just his biography would be the river king the great waddler old yawn belly two coats the demon tom kinch is known by many names but all who speak them have learned a singular truth no matter how alluring his words may be in his mouth you will be lost (laughs) and as far as you getting lost in tom kinch's mouth the card. <laughs> this, they went for it on this one. They they went in hard, and <laughs> I I am gonna take a moment. Like this is like to almost be a little contrarian and to be a little bit edgy. I think this is the first time, in my opinion, that I feel like they didn't translate his champion well. Mm-hmm. But the more that I think about it, like the way that his champion works in League of Legends, how the how in the world would you translate that into Runeterra anyways? Yeah. So it's like this one is definitely feels more like a card game thing instead of just a League of Legends thing. Yeah. Um, but this card is ridiculous. So what, Tom Kinch is a four mana, two six, and... He has, at round start, create an acquired taste in hand. An acquired taste is a two-mana slow spell where Tom Kinch swallows target enemy unit. It strikes him, and then he captures it. Um, capture being the effect from like the Demacia card Detain, where mm-hmm. you basically exile that unit under the unit that's capturing it. Yep. Um, so already just, you know, thinking on terms of being a degenerate from value town, a card that gives you a free card every turn yeah. is some sick value. All right. <laughs> now, with Tom Kinch, the way that he levels up is that he captures three units and then he flips over, gaining the... Uh, the plus one plus one and he still creates an acquired taste in hand but when he flips obliterate all captured enemies release all captured allies and then on attack obliterate captured enemies and release captured allies yep this card is some madness all right like this <laughs> like uh, like if you're going for the whole theme of like all right tom kinch is a giant catfish that eats anything this eats anything (laughs) (laughs) this card eats anything it is ridiculous and i the fact that like it also is another fun way to include obliterate which is a keyword that we don't really get to see too much of at least in the most recent metas i it's this card is a lot of fun it's and the amount of value that you can get from it is a blast. Yeah. And we do get to see that a, a lot of decks are even playing it where it's not necessarily just like an endless value engine. It's just more of a threat. Yeah. It's disruptive. Yeah. And the, um, specifically myself, um, I've been playing a lot with this card as far as with Lux, you know, combining barriers to get around the strike, but yeah. I've seen it a lot with Soraka. Like it's already showing just with the, first launch of cards with its set that there's a lot of fun ways to play around with this and the more cards that it gets the more fun that you can have with it yeah it's definitely an interest i I mean we we had no we had no concerns you know when we were yelling unbench the kench with how they would approach it because you know they've been doing good so far so i'm happy to see this take form and 
this kind of takes us into our question. And this this one is tailored for you specifically, Hedge. And if Game anybody's listened to any of our episodes, if you're a new listener, go back and listen. Uh, catch is fall. Head, or sorry, catch. <laughs> Tom catch. <laughs> Tom hatch. Unhatch the catch. <laughs> Hedge is fun. Like a big fan of cooking. We talk about food all the time. And, you know, it would be remiss of me to not do a question related to that this episode. So what is your favorite Cajun dish? Man, so you have opened a can of worms. Oh, no. <laughs> that you were not ready for. Um, so if I had to, if I'm going to have to pick like any one dish. Um, yeah. You can, I, do, you can do one honorable mention as well. Yeah. Like any one dish, I'd probably lean more towards like your a good fashioned gumbo. Yeah. Um, and gumbo, especially if you look into it like through a bunch of like nowadays we have like youtube and stuff like back in the day you'd have to have like cookbooks yeah gumbo was always just like different and everyone's gumbo is got many different variations to it because it is the your comfort home food yeah that's a food that every house in louisiana is gonna have for pretty much be going through it for like half a week yeah um during winter time so there's it's one of those dishes that you throw in a pot and you've kind of treat it as your own you can have it be your way you know yeah burger king have it your way <laughs> um so i would probably have to say like the gumbo um it's, it's like character customization yeah uh, but gumbo yeah and <laughs> character customization uh, honorable mention would probably have to be for um I probably will go with a dessert for my honorable mention, mm-hmm. Bananas Foster. Okay. Literally one of the best freaking things you'll ever eat in your damn life. This stuff is so <laughs> good. Stupid I've only had good. it a few times uh, in my life, and it's been great every time. Yeah. Um, so I need to I need to make that a more common appearance. So for me, uh, for me, it's I actually, so I'm not a huge fan of seafood, right? I'm not that picky where I won't eat it, uh, but it's not my go-to. But for some reason, whenever I do go in that direction, I tend to lean more to Cajun style dishes. So mine is Cajun shrimp. Cajun shrimp is just something that it's like, it's an addictive type of eating where once you pop, you can't stop type of situation. Uh, (laughs) Because you have one and the flavoring, uh, the intenseness of it, the spiciness, and then just because shrimp is such a, like as far as a meat, it's, it's like simple, it's uh, whatever you do to it, it becomes, right? Right. Like it doesn't have any overwhelming, it's not like venison, like venison is very gamey, right? Like it doesn't have any of that. It's just kind of, you put a shrimp in your mouth, you're good. All right, you haven't had good venison? I will, well, I will okay. correct at, this at for you core, one day. At its core, <laughs> it brings, venison brings something to the table where shrimp is like, yes. paint me like one of your French girls. And <laughs> if that makes any sense. <laughs> You monster. <laughs> you monster. But yeah, Cajun shrimp is my is my go to and I could eat it until right. I pass out. Alright, so so when it so the time that like when we can survive through COVID, yeah. we're, we're gonna have to have a shrimp boil is what you're telling me. Of course. Like you just come down here, I'm gonna cover one of the tables <laughs> in newspaper and then yep. we're just gonna we're just gonna be eating like degenerates. Dude, They're like invite invite people like we'll invite like friends and family but we won't we will give them a time that's like 45 minutes later than when you and i start <laughs> so they just Sleep. show up and it's like we'll just be like in bibs or shirts covered in cajun seasoning 
and just with like half a pile of shrimp shells next to us. <laughs> so like, oh. Y'all want some shells? Yeah. <laughs> Y'all hungry? We got plenty. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, you all are invited. <laughs> as long as you bring something, you know the yeah. rules. Don't <laughs> show up to the cookout empty-handed. We will kick you out. <laughs> so thanks for listening. <laughs> we'll be back soon with the next episode. Take care, everybody. <laughs>